You're listening to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, brought to you by Phil Better Inc. If you want to take your podcast to the next level, make sure you book your free 15-minute call with Phil Better, the podcast mogul, at www.philbetterinc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, and with me is Andrew Logan, a entrepreneur from Down Under, who uh, had me recently on his podcast, so I'm returning the favor. Andrew, welcome to the show. Mate, great to be here. Thanks for having us on. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Returning the favor, just like all podcasters got to do. Um, Andrew, please introduce yourself to my my audience because I always fail at introductions and I'd rather have the guests promote themselves. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Well, I guess, uh, I mean, as you were saying, a, a podcast talking about investing and it's it's a subject I've been fascinated with for 20 years now. So I, you know, I, I followed the traditional path and I had two very hardworking white collar parents and it was, you know, they sacri- they worked hard and sacrificed a lot put us through a good school so we got a good education so we could then go to a good university and get a good degree and that's what I had been told my whole life I was academically strong so for my whole life I was told go be a doctor Um, you know you got to go to med school be a doctor because doctors get paid a lot and that's how you that's how you get ahead in life and let us know what you yeah and and I guess you know that's that's what you just brought up with and kind of looking back now I don't know if I wanted to be a doctor or I was just told from about seven years old that oh you're you're smart you should be a doctor kind of thing but um, I mean I was going down that path and I did have a I mean I was very active I was very sporty so I kind of had that sports science orthopedic surgeon mindset and I thought oh here's my way to to have a successful life and then it 20 years ago I was at university and I started reading books like Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad and that was the first one and then you start reading you know you go down that rabbit hole and read a lot of the others and that's when I first started just questioning, well, actually, am I on the right path? Like there's there's nothing specifically wrong with this path. I just don't know that it's for me. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that there are other paths and you can walk down different paths. You don't have to just go down this well-trodden path that had been sort of laid out for me. So that's how I started. And I just started learning and reading and, and just, you know, I, I mean, I did finish my undergrad degree and get a, a sports physio degree so that I had a job. But from day one, I was just fascinated with, well, I'll work nine to five to pay the bills, but then like six to 10 PM, I'm just going to be learning, investing, trying all these things, made a lot of failures, a lot of expensive lessons along the way. Um, but now we have been able to create a great lifestyle of freedom and, um, you know, we're at home full time with the kids and we get to, well, we used to travel the world before COVID, um, but yeah, we've been able to create that lifestyle for ourselves. So it's been all worth it in the end. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. You, like you said, you had some failures and we're going to touch on that a bit later. We're going to first concentrate on your successes and that, but so what would you consider your first real success in your either entrepreneurial or in your business, uh, in your uh, real life world? So from a, a success point of view, I certainly, um, you know, I guess if you look at, as I said, on the traditional path, people were like, you know, you're always successful because I did get good grades and I, I managed to go to university and I did manage to do all those things. But the reality was like, I never felt fulfilled with those things. 
and so really the the first time we found success both financially and in something that fulfilled us and especially it was the first thing that Angie and I had ever done together as a husband wife really was when we got into network marketing and when we built a business there and it wasn't I never ever thought I'd end up there but it was just sort of an area we fell back into but that's where we found our greatest success and that's been the one that's been the most enjoyable as well because we've been able to create this life together as a husband and wife that then has allowed us to spend more time with our children spend more time with you know each other and just create a better lifestyle for ourselves which has then also allowed us the money to invest and we've been able to create a great investment portfolio from that got the perfect team tag team right there you and your wife building the business pretty much everyone dreams of having that that ideal partner that ideal business partner and you were lucky you're like i found her i'm marrying her let's off to the races and build a great family so that's amazing on that that's i would say that's probably your biggest win finding the partner that helped you build this empire that you're building well i think that's certainly i mean you know like unfortunately a lot of marriages end in divorce and and a lot of and divorce is very expensive and yep. finding that person that you not only love but you have shared goals and shared dreams and and a vision and you work together and that doesn't mean it's been rainbows and unicorns all day every day <laughs> we've we've had some arguments you know <laughs> that nothing nothing comes without its challenges and you know both strengths and weaknesses we we are incredibly different in in so many ways um, which is great because we can cover each other's weaknesses but it also means when a challenge does arrive we look at it in completely different ways and we can often disagree on the best way to, to take on a challenge because I'm very logical and she's very emotional and so you know there's often a clash there but yeah it's if nothing else it's been the first time in our whole life together that we had something that we were working on together we were always existing kind of just i had my business and she had her job and we just sort of existed and we loved each other but we never had that shared vision and so that was really one of the keys was knowing that we had this vision of where we wanted to be and then we got to work together and that energy and that excitement compounded and then we you know we were able to create great success from there i i love it i love it cuz building together you know and it's what you need as an entrepreneur you need those business associates those connections that networking plus with your network marketing it grew even bigger because you have a, a larger network to work with and help you grow as well and bring those other connections now i want to touch on a fa some failures what would you say would be your first failure but also your most successful failure if you understand what i mean like what failure taught you the best lesson to help you succeed uh, well, certainly, I guess, you know, when we talk from an investment point of view, um, our, our big main invest, our main investment is, is essentially property. Mm -hmm. And I remember making a huge, huge mistake in property, the third property I ever purchased. And I learned a lot from that, um, just learned huge amounts from that. And I think we're still kind of paying that one back off until... <laughs> um, but you, like you, you learn that, right? So we, we've we've bought fourteen properties now, and so thankfully that one failure at the third one would have been enough to, you know, should have been enough to take me out of the game, really. But 
you know, we we turned that around with that mindset of, okay, well, like look at the lessons we've learned here. And we've, the 11 we've purchased since have been so much more successful thanks to the lessons in that third one. Um, and I do remember as well, um, I, I remember trading. Trading is like very popular now, obviously, with, with you know, everything that's going on at the moment. And there's, there's some Free huge... That's kind of flowing from the governments to the people's pockets. Yeah, there's this huge speculative bull markets out there at the moment. And, you know, be cautious when everyone's greedy, in, in the words of Warren Buffett. But I think one of the, the biggest things I ever did was I got involved in trading for a while. And because I had a maths nerd uh, brain, I kind of thought like trading would be my thing because I can, you know, I can make there's those numbers. calculations. There's numbers. I can work with the numbers. I can, I can do all those things and it's really exciting. And what I actually did, and it's, you know, look back at it now and laugh, thankfully. But um, in Australia, one of the things with trading in Australia is that, like, if you want to trade, you've got to be awake when the markets are kind of volatile and moving. And so, obviously, for us Aussies, the American markets particularly and the UK markets, the big strong markets are asleep while we're awake. So, trading was always a challenge because I had to set my body clock around the US market open hours as well as working a nine-to-five. So anyway, long story short, I'm in America for a conference and I'm thinking here's the perfect time to kind of get into some trading because I'm awake while the markets are on and I'm, you know, I can be doing this conference but also trading on my phone while I'm here. And anyway, just before I left the conference, I put on a trade and I accidentally put one too many zeros in the thing, Ooh. right? And first mistake. So I first mistake was to kind of rush things and not and, and be trying to just do it on my phone and multitask instead of giving it my focus. Second mistake was that arrogantly I thought, well, I'll just put this trade on and then I'll jump on a plane. And this again was kind of before Wi-Fi on planes. So I put the trade on with then no ability to change anything. Now, the problem was, was that the trade was successful and it was 10 times more successful than it should have been. So it was like a six-figure trade. So I essentially got off a 14-hour plane flight having made six figures. Now, the problem was that I then thought I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, that's why it was kind of like the most valuable lesson at the end of the day. It wasn't actually the – it was, in pure terms, the most successful 14 hours of my life. Um, <laughs> But it was also the most expensive 14 hours of my life because from that point on, I thought I was a genius and suddenly all your risk assessments go out of the way, all your calculations go out of the way and you just, you just start gambling emotionally and you go away from you know, trading with a plan and trading based on risk and reward versus risk and all those sorts of things and you go into just gambling essentially and that's where so many people can get stuck. And I had an email from a guy just today, like we we're talking about it. And it was saying, you know, that's when, that's when I just started just putting on all these kind of crazy trades. And I gave that six figures back in about 72 hours. So, you know, easy come, easy go um, at the end of the day. And, you know, we walked away at the end of the week even. So thankfully we didn't lose money across the, the scenario, but that was an incredible lesson in how quickly the market can giveth and how quickly it can take away and how we just always have to remember that investing and trading and whatever we want to get into, if once the emotions come in and once we think we're above the game and we're smarter than Wall Street, 
it is a slippery slope. And that's what you know, we're worried about at the moment, isn't it? There's so much speculation out there that's so easy to make money. And that was the GFC, right? Everyone was making money and everyone's a genius. And so people are doubling and tripling and, you know, putting in money that they haven't even realized yet. And they're investing their gains that are unrealized. And then the thing just explodes one day and it's, it's going to be unfortunate. But Yeah, that, the, that correction yeah. is coming. I'm, uh, I'm moderator of a large investing group for beginners. And we're seeing a lot of people just like, oh, what about this penny stock? Or what about this penny stock? And it's like, no, you don't want to be playing with the pennies until you understand the blue chips and all those easy win categories. Because there are a lot of easy, easy win <clears throat> companies that you can invest in and just leave your money and let it grow like Warren Buffett does and probably most people's uh, healthy portfolio is 90% not risky well mine I know is mine is 100% not risky because I'm too scared to put money in the market I just have that stuff from when I was working with companies and got their stocks and I'm like I'm happy with these stocks because they pay me dividends and we're good you know so but yeah I'm glad at least you uh you leveled out and learned from yeah well, they, they say with trading, really, at the end of the day, isn't it? It's, it's the easiest thing mathematically and the hardest thing emotionally because we can, we can look at that chart and anyone can look back at the chart and go, oh, man, that was so obvious. Like, look at that trend line. There was a, there was a massive hammer there and then this huge trend started. Like, who wouldn't have taken that trade and who wouldn't have just held it forever? But when you're there, like, second by second, just watching the thing tick up and down and goes down a bit and then it's up, that emotional roller coaster is a challenge for people. And so, yeah, I, you're seeing it a lot. I saw it just the other day. I go on Instagram just saying, you know, don't even, you don't even need, doesn't matter which crypto you get in. You don't need to research them. They're all going up. So just put your money in any crypto. And that's where I'm like, man, we're at like 11.58 p.m. on this thing striking midnight when people are just saying, don't even research. Yeah. Just throw money at something. And and it's... It's like the yeah. 20s <laughs> all over again when the shoe That's boy, it. Shoe boy yeah. more than History you. doesn't repeat, but it rhymes, right? And so we're, we're seeing this thing rhyming again. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I like crypto and the technology. Investing in crypto, no, I'll, I'll maybe Ethereum, Bitcoin, the big boys, because I know they're proven players and they're just going mm. up, so it's fine. But like every other like Dogecoin and that, no. Altcoins, you stay away from me. You're like penny stocks. I don't trust you. Well, and that was the that was the dot com bubble, wasn't it? And I yeah. think not not to go kind of too far down this path, but yes, the internet changed the game. But that doesn't mean that every in company that utilizes the internet is going to make smart, profitable, long term decisions. And we saw that, right? And so. Any company that was like, we're an internet-based company was just skyrocketing and where are 99.9% .9 of them now? And so that's the same challenge and fear with the crypto craze is that, yes, blockchain is a game-changing te technology. No, no one is doubting the underlying technology, but simply being a cryptocurrency doesn't mean you'll add value. And so I'm pretty sure it was Ben Franklin who said it. You know, markets are short-term and emotional thing and long-term a value thing. So we're seeing the emotions in the market at the moment of fear and greed, you know, and FOMO. And then it's going to be in five, 10 years. What's still giving value in five to 10 years? Because if I want to invest now, I want to know that it's there in 10 years. Yeah, that, that's so true. It's You have to look at which coins will be around and which ones are more usable. Like Bitcoin is usable because it's an easy transfer. Ethereum, 
that's an easy transfer as well. And plus they have that open source so that you can build your own coin on it, which builds the value for uh, the underlying uh, value there. Moving off investing because it's as important as it is, but we're more focused on entrepreneurship here. Um, What is your favorite lesson that you learned from a success? Oh, really good question. Um, I think the, the biggest lesson um, we probably learned at the end of the day is just like being, being grateful for everything that has come is huge. And we have to understand that if, if you're not grateful for what you do have, you're not going to get more. And so one of the biggest lessons we've had is that for everything that we've got, you know, we want to be grateful for that. And we want to make sure that then we take care of it and respect it and continue to put it to work and continue to stay in the game because we have to continue to add value. And so that's, and you know, coming back to what we were talking about before, when in the long term, we want to be seen as people who gave value to this world. And that's the biggest thing. And if that then also means that we're very successful, that's great. But it's it's about providing the value, being grateful for what we have and providing more value out there of what we've learned and helping people along the way. So what we've been able to achieve, a lot of people want to be able to achieve. And so my goal now is to help more people achieve that. And that's been, I guess, the biggest thing is to just keep that humility, keep that gratitude and stay in there offering value to society because that's the only way we're going to raise up society. Oh, I love that message. It's, it's something that I feel really in, like connected to because that's what I like to do with my podcast. Like whenever I get a client, a new client, I always find someone to do pro bono work with to help them build their podcast because it's, it's only fair that I share my knowledge and charge the people who can afford it because they can afford it. Whereas these other people aren't able to afford it's my services because you know I'm slightly expensive, but still you have to give you have to give back to everybody else because they're helping you grow as well. Yeah, definitely, and I it's you know if you if you make it to the penthouse, you got to send the the elevator back down, isn't it? But I think that's that's the key. And when and when you look at any super successful person at the end of the day, it all came down to they all talk about the mentor. You know, all successful people had a mentor in their life and every movie we watch, there's, you know, there's that formula of every movie, you know, where there's that we get introduced to the character and there's a challenge in their life and then the mentor comes in. You know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi comes in and shows Luke what to do and then they're able to not only defeat the Galactic Empire but defeat their own kind of personal dad issues that are going on and all those sorts of things. So what... We, I, you know, I've been blessed to have amazing mentors along the journey, and then I want to be able to provide that as well. I want to mentor other people to do the same because we can then, if we can pay it forward, then our like everyone benefits, right? And like we're able to create a new generation of value into this world. I fully agree with you because um, that's what you need. You need to help the next generation become just as successful as you are because if not, they're going to flounder. Uh, and never become never raise up and our society can be deconstructed and we don't want that we uh we 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 had enough of the dark ages we're moving into the enlightenment age hopefully right now with the internet providing us with the uh, library of alexandria if you will i like to call it Mm -hmm. because you have the everything at your fingertips um but what is the impact like the overall impact the ultimate goal in your life 
if I snap my fingers, you're on deathbed, you know, I don't want to, it's 40 years, 50, 60 years from now, you're lying in your bed. What is your goal? What did you want to accomplish? The the thing I've always said, and I remember being, you know, like at the end, the, being at an event probably six, seven years ago. And at the end of the event, you know, they kind of pass around the microphones. And I remember grabbing the microphone and it hit me sort of then. And my, my goal is that our children grow up and do amazing things in this world. And, you know, whatever they choose to do, whatever vehicle they choose to get into, however they do it, our children grow up and change the world. And they go, you know what? We did that because our parents like raised us well. And that's sort of my example is that, or my goal, I should say, is that everything we do each day, and I think, it again, it comes back to exactly what we are talking about before, is that our daughter is, she's 15 in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, she is at that very, very impressionable stage. She's coming towards, you know, she's got a few years of school left and all those sorts of things. And she's starting to think about her future and all that. And it's a conversation my wife and I have all the time is that, we are in a position where I could just sit and watch ESPN and Netflix for the rest of my life. You know, we, we have created those assets and those investments that just provide cash flow long term. But what, do, what example does that give to our children? What work ethic do they, you know, gain from watching us do nothing? And so I want them to see us every day, you know, working on our passion you know, chasing our dreams and showing them the power of goal setting and vision casting and providing value and showing them the modern life. I think a lot of parents particularly have that fear of, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to kind of get involved in anything online or anything because I don't want my kids to see me on my phone all day. And I'm saying, well, <laughs> our 14 year old's on her phone all day. <laughs> like I'm not. <laughs> the only way we can communicate with her. Yeah, I mean, I text her like, "Can you come down for dinner?" Like, because she's upstairs with the music on. But I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that's awesome. But that's society, right? Like, 30 years ago, it was like, you know, kids doing this, and now we're kind of like, ah, oh, kids doing this these days. Like, we're doing that now. But why not show them how to actually harness the power of the technology they have in their hand to actually create a lifestyle? And and I say to all the parents all the time, "Would you rather that your kids saw you just go to a job where you're unhappy?" Would you rather your kids see you unfulfilled and not, not, not excited and carrying the burden of just being unhappy with your life on your shoulders all day, every day? Why not show them passion? Why not show them excitement? And why not work together to create something great and show them how you can do that? So for me, all day, every day, it's like, you know, there are days where you do just want to sit and watch ESPN or whatever, but it's also like, you know what? What am I modeling for our children each day? And I want them to see us work hard and then also spend a lot of time with them, you know, be there for the footy trainings, be there for the, we dropped our daughter at school camp this morning, you know, doing all those things that a lot of parents miss out on so that they see you can have both. I like it. I like it. Kind of like how we grew up, our parents were there, but not all the time. And as we grew older, we found that, no, we can't do that anymore because society just slams us with so much work. So I'm glad that you're able to impart that through creating your own income streams to uh, make it uh, so that you could have that old school, grow up with the kids and uh, teach them the valuable lessons. That's great. Yeah. And as I was saying kind of right at the start, I mean, my parents just, I mean, they both grew up with enormous work ethic and they both came from homes with, you know, nothing. And so 
but that that also meant that you know if I wanted to get to school, I had to ride my bike to school because mum and dad had kind of already left for work. And if I wanted to join the footy team, well, you better figure out a way to get to footy training because mum and dad are busy. And so all those things at the end of the day, like you know, there were great life lessons because I learned to problem solve and I learned independence and I and I learned work ethic. And I do laugh sometimes because people will say, "Oh, you know, Andrew's so independent." And mum's like, "Oh, we raised him well." And it's like, "No, I raised myself." Bit. <laughs> you, you, you raised me and it's debatable but yeah i'll give you that i'll let you have it some of the lessons i developed yeah um but you know it was that was like well you know if you got to make your own school lunch you got to do all these sorts of things because mom and dad are busy and so that taught me work ethic and that taught me to value things and that taught me to show initiative and all those sorts of life lessons that are you know invaluable um but it also drove me to like not be that person that not be that parent that misses all these things so that was then when I was going down this university path and, and I was a sports physio at the time and I had a great job in other people's eyes I worked for like you know I had a business that was you know successful I had a business partnership that went well I got to travel the world with athletes you know at least once to twice a year so from the outside everyone's like you've you've got a great lifestyle but i was like you have the great job but personally did you have the great job yeah and the enemy of a great life is a good life Mm -hmm. you know so when you have a good life you can just be like okay well let's be happy there and australians particularly it's all about you know you just you're mediocre like be be happy with mediocrity kind of thing We, we strive to be in the middle in australia so even just having a good job kind of puts you above the crowd a little bit. But when I went and spent three months in Canada with the ski athletes and that, Angie and the kids had to stay at home. So as much as everyone's like, oh, were you part of the Olympic team? Uh, no, well, I worked with athletes. I, I wasn't part of the Olympic team uh, officially, but I did work with athletes along the way. Yeah. Um, but so I, I got to spend time in the ski fields three months a year, which for the average Australian is, is nuts. Uh, and I got paid to go there and do these things. But it also meant that Angie's staying at home and doing all these other things. So that was where it was like, okay, we need to design a life where we get to do all these things and we have the finances, but we also have it around our own lifestyle and we have the time to spend with the kids as well. I love it. I love it. Um, we're coming up to the end here and uh, I, I'm enjoying talking with you. What is a lesson you want to impart to my listeners, specifically be becoming an entrepreneur or chasing your dreams or building the lifestyle that you have? What is a lesson you would like to impart on them? Well, I think it's it's very, very similar to, to what you and I spoke about when I had you on in my podcast and the, the underlying theme and, you know, I've, I've had a lot of comments from everyone when we, we did our interview from you was that, the thing that came out, and I've been meaning to message you about this, the thing that came out was just your complete love and passion for what you do. And I remember during the interview, you're, you're talking about like your new technology, your new microphone and, and everything you've got in front of you. And you were just, you could feel the passion, right? And that's that's really what it comes back to is that there are, you know, there's a thousand rows to lead, that lead to Rome. Mm-hmm. The key, the key is finding the one that is work, that is right for you and then stay on that path because too often people kind of feel that they're forced down a path and it doesn't fit them. Or the big thing is we see people just jump paths every day. 
and today I'm a podcaster and tomorrow I'm an influencer and the next day I'm a vlogger and then the next day I'm going to do like cooking classes and then the next day I'm going to, and they're just like, they're like, it's, and it's like switching a car every day, you know, they're trying to drive a different car. So it's like, you know, find a road that really suits you and that you love and find what is your passion because when you work on something that is your passion, it raises your energy. And when you work on something that isn't your passion or it's someone else's passion, it's a burden that you carry. It's a weight on your shoulders. And that's why people, there are some people that love their job and there are other people who come from home from their job just uninspired because they've been carrying the burden of someone else's dreams on their shoulders all day. So my big thing would just be, you know, really take the time to discover what it is you love. What, what would you do every day out of passion anyway? Because when you start entrepreneurship, you're going to do it for free anyway for a while. <laughs> but then obviously, you know, find that and really get involved in that. And we talked about this, you know, don't be afraid of obsessing over that. Obsessing is a powerful word when it's done on your passion. You know, I'm obsessed with my wife and children, you know, because they're a passion of mine. So find that and then work out how to monetize it. Because then if you can do what you love and you can do it for an income, then you get to create that great lifestyle that can lead to, you know, choice. And that's really the key is that that money does buy choice. We can sit there and argue if it buys happiness or not, but it buys choice. And, and choice that can be, bring the happiness. Yeah, yeah. And, and choice means you can choose to do what you want to do each day. And that's that's powerful. Uh, that is. I, I love that. First of all, thank you for the... Uh, compliments from your audience saying that i had passion about podcasting i i, f I was worried that i was coming off obsessive and crazy <laughs> but i prefer the coming off passionate that's that's much makes me feel better um and uh, yeah no it's true if you have passion money money comes with passion once you find that it's easy to figure out how to make money because people have done it before so that's that's great um we're gonna just before i let you uh, let everybody know where they can find you and you can promote uh, your offer, which is a, a free book, which is awesome because who doesn't love reading? Um, what would be one book apart from your own you uh, would advise someone if they're jumping into entrepreneurship to read? Oh, one book. Um, I think, yeah. Like, I mean, I, your favorite book. Like, if, you, if someone asks you, what's your favorite book about entrepreneurship or the one book that helped you the most with entrepreneurship then? I think the one book that I, I love that I, I did buy up a huge volume of a while back and I, I love to give to people as a, a thank you, you know, for people who, you know, or, or like a, a, someone who's recommended my podcast or someone who's done like a social media shout out for me, I love to send them a little gift to say thank you. And so um, that's The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And it's not, it's not a, you know, it's not a huge book, um, but it's all just about the, like people have that mindset that, it's like, it's one decision, you know, you just made the decision to become a podcaster and that's why you're successful. Or people think there is just that one thing where you go all of a sudden from here, A to Z, but it's the snowball. It's the compound effect of slightly better decisions each day. Jeff Olson has a book called The Slight Edge, which is very similar. And it's the same thing. And he talks about that, you know, if you have a Mars bar tomorrow, nothing's really going to change. But if you have one Mars bar a day for a whole year, then you're going to look very different, right? And that compound effect of just slightly better decisions each day and you make a slightly better decision about your health and you make a slightly better decision about your business and you make a slightly better decision about your finances and that compound effect over one, three, five, seven years 
will be enormous. And then everyone will be like, wow, you're an overnight success. <laughs> it's, it's that compound effect. So that would be one compound effect, Darren Hardy. Excellent. That's first time I've heard that. And it's definitely going on my list of uh, books to buy. This is secretly I asked for myself, but I know it's going to be beneficial to the the audience as well, because I'm a voracious eater. I'm currently reading Think and Grow Rich. And uh, yep. it's, a, it's a great book. And I just found out that it, it's becoming a movie. Uh, so that's that's great as well. But no, I, yeah, I've seen it for that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's classics out there, but this is a, a newer one. And I, yeah, I, I love it. I'm going to definitely pick it up. It's on my next book. So I'm just going to jump off screen here, Andrew. I'm going to give you a chance to let my audience know where they can find you, any specials you have going on. So the floor is yours. Oh, thank you, mate. So yeah, look, if you, um, you know, if you want to follow me on social media, I, Instagram, I'm at Andrew James Logan. On Facebook, I'm Andrew Logan. And I have a YouTube channel, which is Leverage to Legacy. Um, and I really talk about the financial mindset and education and skill set to turn your passion, turn your hustle into financial freedom. Now, it is mainly based on the network marketing industry and showing people how to start their business and then actually turn that into wealth and freedom because too many people start their business and then don't know what to do with their money and they get themselves stuck. But there is some just great money advice and general advice. So also have a podcast called The Way Out, which is um, you know very similar content to the um, to the YouTube channel where we're just talking about really the financial mindset and skill sets of hustling and turning that hustle into financial freedom. And then you can also reach me at my website, andrewlogan.net. And there is a free book on there and that's the seven steps to financial freedom. So take you through some of the financial skills and mindsets that you need to build a business and then turn that into financial freedom. So thanks for having me on, Phil. Great to be here. And thanks to everyone for listening. And yeah, we'll see you on the next episode. I love it. Uh, wait, <clears throat> I muted there. Uh, no, it's it, it's great. The podcast is awesome. I'm catching up on it. I love listening to it because you're a great presenter and a great interviewer. Uh, the links, of course, will be in the show notes down below so that all my audience can follow you. On, at, from your website to your social medias because you put out a lot of content that's really great and I'm very thankful to be following you because it just makes my life uh, smarter. That's the investment I'm doing. Um, so Andrew, thank you for taking the time. I know you're a very busy man with your family and of course your, your businesses. So thank you for taking the time to uh, talk to me and my audience today. Mate, absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Everybody, remember, make sure you check out Andrew and invest in yourself. Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this awesome episode. Um, I do have a small favor to ask you. If you could go over to Apple Podcasts, if you're using Apple Podcasts, go over and just leave us a five-star review just to let us know what you liked about the episodes, what you're liking about the season, and maybe some upcoming guests you'd love to see on the show. So again, just go over to Apple Podcasts, search Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast, and then leave us a five-star review. It would mean so much to us. I thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.